What is grace and how do we come to receive it? This is Wednesday, February 1st, and we're in the middle section of that little book of Titus, that letter written by the Apostle Paul to the church planter with the name Titus. Now, we've been hearing about the beautiful community that Titus is in Crete to help organize. And, of course, we read the description of the sort of people the community will need, and we wonder, (laughs) where are these people going to come from? How will they come to live with the character qualities that are described here? Crete was notorious for having some pretty tough people, people not known to be people of character. Now, one of the surprises in this book is that Paul waits until the middle of this little letter to tell Titus how people will be trained or taught to live. The message to Titus is that this sort of community can only come about as God's people, I'm sorry, as people are nurtured in God's grace. And that's where we pick up today. This is Titus chapter 2, verse 12 to 13. It, that is grace, teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now here, the church comes to be through grace. Grace becomes the teacher. Now the core principle of Judaism was being taught by the law of God. Here's Psalm chapter 19, verse 7 to 9. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. Now, for the Jewish people, they hung their hopes on the power of the law. And it's true, the law was God's gift to his people. It was the gift of a world ordered by his truth. But in reality, they couldn't do the law. No one can for very long. Actually, when Moses first went up Mount Horeb to receive the law from the Lord, The people held a wild party in the camp. They brought together their gold and fashioned an idol to bow down to. So before they had even received the law, they had broken it. This was the sign of how successful they would be keeping it. Now we might ask, why did the Lord give it to them if they wouldn't be able to keep it? It seems like this would only frustrate them. God knew that they would not be able to keep the law, but he knew that they needed their lives to be ordered to live together in community, to be a people together, a holy nation. They would only be able to live this life empowered by him. And this is what Paul is trying to tell the church planter, Titus. As a new community of believers is being formed on the island of Crete, Paul tells Titus that the people must be trained by grace. Grace is God's undeserved favor. 
It is the love of God flowing into our lives through Jesus Christ and all that he has done for us. Paul says that it is this grace from God that teaches us to say no to ungodliness. How does grace teach us? Well, there are two major ways. First, grace immerses us in the love of God. In itself, this changes our lives. How so? We learn who we are. We receive our true identity in God. We discover that we are children of God, dearly loved by Him. And we also find that we're secure in God. This helps us root out the deep insecurity that tends to drive so many of our actions. So much of our lives is made of behaviors we use to develop, that, that we use to meet deep heart needs that only God Himself can meet. And when God meets those needs through His love, we begin to experience a new freedom and joy and peace. This is how grace can teach us and lead us into a new life. But second, grace joins us to Christ himself. We come to learn from Jesus a completely new way of living. This is what we call discipleship. Discipleship means focusing on Christ, and we begin to become what we direct our lives to focus on. We give our attention to Jesus, and we come to live as Jesus lived. Actually, this sounds just like the words of the Apostle John. He said, anyone who comes to live in him must walk as Jesus walked. That's 1 John 2.6. How do we walk as Jesus walked? Well, in the ancient world, disciples would follow their rabbi around. They would go wherever he went, and they would learn life from him in doing so. They would learn to pray as he prayed, learn to love as he loved, they would learn the character of their rabbi. They would sit at the feet of the rabbi and listen to his teaching. They learned to trust his word. And in everything, they wanted to become like him. And over time, that's just what would happen. They would be shaped by his teaching, but also his way of life was contagious, and they would learn it. And once that happened, the process of discipleship was complete. This is the way the grace of God comes to train us to teach us this new way of life. And this is what Paul is getting at as he writes Titus. As we become followers of Jesus, the character of Christ is reproduced in us through the power of the Holy Spirit. This is how we come to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives. It's because we've learned this way of life from our Master Jesus. Let's pray together. Father God, we want to learn your ways and to live your ways. Thank you for giving us Jesus to teach us and to lead us into truth. We pray together in his name. Amen. Amen.